0: Hello everyone, Simon Jacobson here. And we will be speaking about Can You Start Your Life Over? This class, this program is dedicated in honor of uh, yours truly for endorsing my book, Wrestling with Yoga, and helping me illuminate and clarify its message and share it with the world. Dedicated by Shelley Demby. Can you start your life over? Intriguing question. And you know, when uh, things are not going well, and things should always go well in everybody's life and all the time, but it's inevitable that we will be challenged, and things may not go so well, especially when we experience serious disappointments, and we even become desperate. So often, people going through such experiences ask themselves the question: Can I start my life over? This also of course includes anyone who's gone through trauma or abuse in their lives, and uh, which has injured them. Sometimes we made mistakes in our lives, irreversible mistakes, and we wonder whether we can really rebuild after betrayal, after such wounds, after it's drained us and we are uh, suffering. Are we doomed? by our pasts, is there hope and reconciliation after loss, after pain, after even destruction? So we always fantasize, can I live my life over? Can I experience things in a new way, that uh, in a way like erase the hard drive, erase the past, and begin anew? Now, if you think of it ostensibly, that sounds like a fantasy, as I just said, It's a nice, idealistic dream. But the fact of the matter is the clock only goes forward. You can't turn the clock back. You can't change your past. Or can you? That's what we'll be discussing. Is it truly a fantasy to believe that after things have happened in our lives, whether it's our own mistakes or other people's crimes or other type of past experiences, is it a fantasy, is it realistic to expect that you can really begin fresh. Or you have to work around what you have and do the best in damage control. Sometimes the best is not much, which often happens, we get resigned. In a way, you can look at it like there's two options in life because who who does not have some compromised past? One option is that life is defined by our routines and by our habits, and once things happen to us, We adjust, and that's what we have going for us. In the words of Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. It's the same old routines, maybe a different little uh, shape, a different character, a different prop, different background. Or another option is, beneath the sun there's nothing new, but above the sun, if we're able to raise ourselves and lift ourselves to a transcendent state, is there a place where we can experience true renewal? And these are two options that are always there before us. I think you can guess which one I'm going to uh, choose. Obviously option two, but first we have to explain how. How is that doable? How is it practical? And as I said, we are victims if you want. I don't like the word victims, we are products. We um, We are dependent on the factors of time. Everybody ages, everything goes through that cycle And you can't turn the clock back. Things that have happened have happened. So there's a strong argument to be made that as the words in Ecclesiastes that um, the sun rises, I'm sorry, the, the generation comes, the generation goes, and there's nothing new under the sun. That would seem to be the conventional wisdom, the conventional way of looking at life. But as I said, it's beneath the sun. There's another place called above the sun that if you can dig deeper, beneath the veneer, of our surface-level lives, there are unbelievable powers that most of us are not aware of, and even if we're aware somewhat, don't access. And that's what we want to address here. Because obviously, if you're familiar with the approach I usually take, and even if you're not, you can assume that I'm not here to come and tell you the bad news, that things happen and that's it, and now you're doomed, is that there is always hope and there's always surprising insights that we can glean if we dig deeper and we understand the cosmology and the mystical dimensions of who we are. And that's the key, because it all comes down to perception. If you think you're a loser, you in a sense are contributing to writing that script, and that's what ends up happening. If you think you're weak, if you think that you are lost and there is no hope, what do you think is going to happen? Even if there is hope, you have already written yourself, yourself off. we become our own worst enemy. So the key thing here is two steps. One is becoming aware of things you may not be aware of and having the humility, yes, the humility to recognize that you don't have it all figured out, especially if you come up to, with negative the negative and depressing and, um, and the resigned conclusions. That's the first thing, a deeper awareness. And then the second thing is accessing it. But rest assured, the more you become aware, the more you can access. And if you're not aware, you're going to write yourself off and you will not even go ahead and look for it. Think of it like a treasure. Someone tells you you have a treasure buried under your, uh, in, your, in your garden, in your piece of land. So if you believe it, then you'll go look for it. But if you say that's a dream, it's a fantasy, it's a pipe dream, it's not realistic, what do you think is going to happen? You'll never seek, search it and you'll never find it because you haven't even tried so what I ask each one of us, including myself, and especially in this period of time, which I'll address in a moment, is to step back. What do you have to lose? Why do we have to be trapped by the scripts and by the narratives that we think are the real ones? And maybe there is a deeper narrative. And maybe there, is, there are resources and treasures within our psyches and souls that if we're able to access, we could experience true renewal. Let's just make it a maybe for now. Because if the, what are the stakes? The stakes are high because if it's indeed true and you don't do anything about it, imagine going looking back at your life and you say, you know, I could have tried. You didn't even try. How sad is that? And if you did try, you can at least say, you know what, I tried. It didn't completely succeed. I assure you that if you try, you will succeed. That's an assurance. But you have to make the effort. It doesn't happen automatically. And the effort means that you have to do things that are different. You have to think differently, you have to speak differently, you have to act differently, and that ultimately allows you to access a deeper dimension of yourself. That's the intro. But let's talk about it on a little more cosmological, mystical, cosmological level as explained by the great mystics and Kabbalists. But before I do that, I wanted to point out why one of the reasons I'm speaking about it now is because in the Hebrew calendar... Though it's a universal message, and this, these programs are meant to be universal for people of all backgrounds, of all faiths, or no faith, but from time to time I do point out some of the ideas are taken and gleaned, and 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 and
1: the
0: many are old ideas, but some of the ideas I articulate are actually directly connected to the period and time in which we are in. Where are we? In a very interesting transitionary period. This past month of Av in Hebrew, which is around August time, is considered the saddest period in time in the Jewish calendar. That's when the tragic events, including the destruction of the temples, which wasn't just destruction of a building, it was a window closing between heaven and earth, making it more difficult to access the seamless spirituality that vivifies and energizes all of existence, in a way was closed. Not closed permanently, and not closed in ways that we can't open it, but more difficult to access. And other tragic events, you can see, See, think of it all as dissonance, spiritual dissonance, cognitive and emotional dissonance, all connected to this month. On the other hand, the month is about to conclude and goes into a very different type of month called Elul, the last month of the Hebrew calendar before the high holidays, before Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And here it's called the month of compassion, a month that is able to open up doors to the point of having, actually leading us into renewal, which is what Rosh Hashanah is about, a new year. And then to Yom Kippur, and then to Sukkot, and the joy of all of that. So it's interesting, the transition, I've discussed this many times, and if you're familiar with my book, 60 Days, and if not, this is a good time to get the book, is a journey. It's a 60-day journey that begins this Saturday and goes for 60 days till the end of the high holiday season, Tishrei. Each day, a leg of this journey, a journey from what? from destruction to rebuilding, from betrayal to reconciliation, from a break and a loss to hope and to new dimensions of experience. Yes, indeed, renewal. So it's an excellent journey to take, but some of the pointers, which I'll be elaborating here, talk about this renewal. So what do the mystics say? Something that today, you don't even need to have any faith. It's something that is basic common knowledge in science. We do no longer live in an inanimate universe. There's no such thing as an inanimate universe. The universe is brimming with pulsating energy all the time, whether you see it or feel it or not. The energy of the subatomic world, the quantum world, where the subatomic particles are constantly on the move. And everything... Is driven by those forces. There was a time we weren't aware of that. So you looked at the world, you saw, you know, if a room was filled with a party, and people were moving about, it looked animate. looked alive. If not, once the lights went down, and the people went off the stage, and it was quiet, okay, it's now a dead place. We know that's not the case any longer. Beneath the surface, the energy continues to flow on a constant basis. So there you have the two perspectives. If you look at the surface level, you can see life. You know what? There's movement here and there, sometimes a lot of movement, but there's also a lack of movement. But when you look beneath the surface, or as I put it, above the, above this, above the sun, not beneath the sun, then you suddenly see a whole different dimension. see life at its source, constantly bubbling and pulsating and energizing, and moving about, and vibrating, and reverberating, you can use all the synonyms that, nece- that are necessary. So then really, what, co- what it comes down to, which do we choose? Which part of life are we going to choose? The surface level, which is energized only when we experience it, or beneath the surface that's constantly filled with energy? Think of the earth itself. When we see today volcanoes, we know volcanoes are, do not begin at the moment that it erupts, these are energies coming from the deepest part of the Earth, and what's going on beneath the Earth's surface? Tremendous high temperatures of heat are at the core of the Earth's core. It's fascinating. If we lived in that close to that heat, we would be completely annihilated. And yet it lies at the heart like an engine room that's, that is boiling with energy, and then there are the levels, the crust, so to speak, the layers that cover it up. But there are times where it breaks through the crust and a volcano will erupt. And what will come out? Lava, boiling hot lava, from the center of the earth or from the lower levels. Perfect example. On the surface level, if you looked at the earth, you know, you see, of course, you see energy, you see things growing, vegetation. We see animals, we see humans. We see minerals, we see oceans, skies. But who would imagine what's going on beneath the surface? And then you see also the world going to sleep, so to speak, at night. Or in the seasons as everything goes to, slumbers into the hibernation of the winter. Including the trees as, their leaves, as they shed their leaves and go into the sleep of winter. But when you discover that even during those winter months, there's things happening beneath the surface. And then you discover, as I just mentioned, beneath the earth's surface, the earth's crust is this tremendous amount of energy, then should it surprise us that the same thing is with us? That on the outer level, we can get into a lethargic mode where we go through routines and habits and sometimes we feel very dead, we feel very uh, slow, sluggish, and so on. And then realizing that beneath the surface lies a engine room, at the core, a soul, that is pulsating with tremendous amount of energy. So what happens to that energy when it reaches the surface? It remains within, and it all depends on what we do. If you access it, if you create tools and resources to access it and dig it up, like a well that is filled with live water, but you have to dig it up. And sometimes it will erupt like a volcano. That may not be always the pleasant thing. When there's enough frustration, when there's enough pent up energy, When we feel frustrated and we feel that our lives are not working, sometimes it bursts forth and not always in a pleasant way. It can burst forth in a tantrum. It can burst forth in deep levels of frustration and uh, resentment and, and anger and other forms of expression. What's going on? It's energy that needs to be released. Our objective, of course, is to harness it, to access it and harness it in a way that you can always rely on it and tap into it when necessary. So then, let's define this now in the context of our lives. We go through life, we make choices. Some choices have been made for us. We make mistakes. We we may have hurt somebody, we may have hurt ourselves. And yes, sometimes it seems things are irreversible. It's possible. On the surface level. And that doesn't mean we ignore it. But is that the full story? The answer is no. Because even when, on the surface level, and even deeper than the surface, things seem hopeless, or things seem broken, or things seem been violated, or betrayed, or compromised, there's always that those forces that are deeper down within the soul, within the core of the our inner earth. Remember, the human being is a universe, a microcosm. This, the Elam Kot and Ze'odam, the world, this, the... the The human being is a, is a, mainly universe, a microcosm. So we too have within our, underneath our surface, these powerful, powerful energies. And that's what we have to learn to access. But the first thing is to be aware of it. So how do you become aware? Well, let's start with extrapolation. Any person on earth with a semi intelligence going to say, if I asked you, do you know everything about yourself? Do you know what potential you have, what, what, what uh, skills you have, things that perhaps you've never accessed? So if you're an intelligent person, you're going to say, I know what I know, and there's much more that I don't know. And there are things that I don't know that I don't know. That's what an intelligent person will say, just as it is with science, just as it is with other um, understanding of the universe and, uh, and different um, elements of it. So that humble response is key. Because if you answered, it's all figured out for me. I'm, I'm a lost case. I'm uh, doomed. I'm doomed. You know, a, a, a flawed. I'm uh, fatalistic. That is coming, ironically, from a form of arrogance. You have figured out that you know everything about yourself. And you'll even argue, say, who knows me better than I know me? Yes, that may be true, but you also are more subjective than anyone else about yourself which creates blind spots. And we can create our own narrative, which is one that's under the sun, and nothing changes. In Kol Chodes, there's nothing new under the sun. So how do we change that? First, the humility to listen and say, you know what, maybe there's more to with the picture that I don't know. Secondly, to study about that dimension, to study about those inner dimensions, just like we study about the Earth's core, or we study about the subatomic particles. The same thing to study about your inner subatomic particles and your core and all the energy that's that's brewing and brimming there. And then there is emotional connection to it. Sometimes we call that prayer. In the morning prayers, for instance, we say every morning, thank you for returning my soul to me. And then we say, the soul you've given me is pure. You've created it. You've shaped it. And you've imbued it within me. You've breathed it within me. And you protect it inside of me. So the mystics, the Kabbalists and the Hasidic masters explain these are all the dimensions. The, the, the level of Torah my soul that you've given me is pure is the core. At The core, it's a pure, powerful, undiluted energy. And then it goes through layers, just like the layers of the, of the crusts of the earth. Or atmospheres, if you wish. Or filters. Many different names for it. Shrouds. That's concealed then you've created it, so it's now become a creation. With that, has somewhat limited energy. Uh, Well, it's, it's still intense, but limited compared to the core. Then it goes into the form, the world of shape. Then it goes into the world of imbued within me. And it needs protection. Here's not the place to go into all the details of these levels, but suffice it to say that at the core, there's tremendous amount of energy... And what's so sad is we are so not aware of it. So when we go out looking for hope and for help, give me a message of hope. We go, we read books, we visit gurus, we visit mentors and therapists and friends, and we're sometimes desperate, we go anywhere. And would you be surprised to know, you're going everywhere except the most important place of all, within yourself. If they are true mentors and true gurus and true teachers and true... uh, uh, coaches, and so on, they will help you find it within you. That's exactly what they would do. Because it's hard to, obviously, redeem ourselves. E'en Matar Asatzmeh is a very powerful statement in the Talmud that someone in fetters, someone tied up, cannot untie themselves. You need someone else to untie you. Okay? So that's why we need each other. So on one hand... It's all within you, but you yourself can be most blinded to it. You ever try to listen to yourself on a recording? Most people hate their voice as it's recorded because the voice as it's coming out through your diaphragm, through your voice, through your mouth, as you hear it, is not how others hear it. Same thing is with many other things. We don't see ourselves in that full light. That is why we need each other. That's why we need to speak, and that's why we need to study, and that's why we need to pray. Because we want to become aware of dimensions within ourselves that we have not ever been aware to up, up till now. Maybe somewhat, maybe an instinct. And it's really bottomless, meaning in a good way. It's an endless journey. You know, bottomless sometimes comes out negative, but I meant like a bottomless pit in the sense where the deeper, the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, the deeper it gets. And that's great news. That's brilliant news. That's remarkable news because it's telling you you have so much that you're not even aware of. And what's happening is your current narrative, your present story, your present script is actually blocking it all because you decided this is how it is. Now, this does not minimize in any way, in any way invalidate the pain we may have suffered, the dysfunctionality, the violations, the betrayals. Or no way does it also minimize and... and, um, Whitewash the mistakes we made, or the mistakes that were made to us. The hurt that was imposed upon us. All that is important. But if you create a situation where you dwell on that, and that becomes your narrative that you are now that sufferer, then what's happening is you're focusing on what has happened to you, or what you've done, and you're not accessing at all what lies beneath it all, that was there even before all this happened, and can be accessed to achieve renewal. Now, are there things that we need to show remorse and ask for forgiveness or be, be, or be asked for forgiveness by those that have hurt us? Absolutely. But that can't be the beginning and end of it. Because the real goal is not just to correct what was gone wrong, but the real goal is to use it as a catalyst. catalyst, whatever has happened, to achieve true renewal. And yes, we believe absolutely, more than believe, that when you access it, you can become a new person. So when you say, can you start your life over? Absolutely. The answer is unequivocally absolutely. Does that mean that the past disappears? Of course not. We are products of our past. But it means the past does not define us. The past is there. It needs to be reckoned with. You need to adjust. You need to sometimes certain things you need to grieve over and mourn certain losses. But you and your energy is waiting to be released and there you can become a completely new person while at the same time dealing with the past issues as a matter of fact as you experience more renewal you can actually use that new energy the hope it gives you a lot more power to deal with the past because if you only know about a negative past and that defines you you don't have the morale, you don't have the, the, the strength the fortitude the confidence so discovering those inner strong strong renewal powers within us that is above the sun, and finding that which is new actually helps us deal, first of all, helps us psychologically to be in a state where we can deal with more painful and difficult situations, but even more importantly, it actually gives us this, the power to harness a negative and turn it into a positive. That's why you'll see there are people who have experienced really terrible things, but you know what's happened at the end? At the end, they, they those negative things, that dark energy, became great light, sources of light. I know you'll say, well, about all those that have not, because they have not accessed." I'm not here to judge. I understand, and I may never understand actually fully how much pain people go through, how much despair they have, how much desperation. But but the fact of the matter is, maybe because I don't understand to the extent because I wasn't there, that's precisely why I can, with credibility, offer another option, that there is something there. And you need people who can look at you with fresh eyes and say, I see Tremendous potential where you see despair, where you see a dead end. I see a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's not the light of the oncoming train, but it's the crept light that can come out even from the darkest places. So, the, so now, now, once we become aware of this dimension, then the question is how to access it. And here I mentioned before, accessing it can go on all levels. I like to begin with the behavioral. Act in a new way. And that will bring new opportunities. You come to somebody, let's say a friend or a colleague or a stranger, and you you want to sell something to them. You want them to invest in your business. Or you want them to participate in something you're interested in. But you go with a very, people pick up on your body language and your tone that you don't have much hope. that You're a sad person. How many people want to be around someone that's sad? And if they say to you, you're really confident this can work? And even if you say yes, they sense that you're not you're not really completely sincere. What do you think happens? That project that projects, and the person says, "You know what? I might as well find something where I find more enthusiasm." So there you see just plain attitude. How you your behavior can actually affect how others will look at you, and of course how you look at yourself. But on the other hand, let's say. I'm not going to say, I don't like the word fake it till you make it, but sometimes that expression is correct. But let's say you can in some way muster up and encourage yourself and build up such enthusiasm on a behavioral level. And in a sincere way, but, but, but you worked on it. Then you reach, reach speak to someone, they look at you differently. They'll respond differently. So it begins with the behavioral. But I wouldn't say behavioral just to fake it. That's why it's important to know that the soul is pure that is soul, that its core is filled with this energy. And when you know it's filled with energy, then you go with that confidence. Now you may say, I may not feel it completely or at all, but I believe it. And I completely connect to the idea that there's core energy within the earth and there's core energy within me that carries enormous power and force and heat and light and everything that comes along with energy. So when you go with that type of kind, you behave that way, you behave confidently, then what happens is the confidence is rewarded that you actually begin accessing it. Does that overnight? Not necessarily. It may take time. And the same thing is to be around people who have that type level of confidence because that also rubs off. There's the osmosis, and then there's the synergy of different people who have that type of attitude. Look at the contrast. Hang around with people who are all in despair or all given up or all fatalistic. What do you think happens? They feed off each other too and they all become more fatalistic and become more depressed. And the same thing in speech. To speak with that type of confidence. And finally with thought. To think that things are possible. How do you begin? Begin with the negative. Being, I, don't, I, I know one thing for sure. I don't know everything. That's also a good beginning. I don't know what I'm capable of. Instead of saying I know I'm not capable, I know I'm not it's not possible. I know that I of all people are doomed because you don't know what I went through, etc. The first step is no, you don't know everything. Say that to yourself. No one should have to say it to you. I don't know it all. I thought I know, I know somewhat, but I don't know it all and I'm open to hearing another perspective. That's a great beginning. So it doesn't always come that you have the perspective, but you're open to hear another perspective. Those that are not, unfortunately, close themselves off. It's like, here is someone ready to give you a message of hope, a message of direction and guidance, and you say, no, too late for me. There's no such thing as too late. It may require deeper digging, but it's there. And you've seen this time and again, you see people, despite all odds, despite the harshest circumstances, were able to rise... We're able to find something, to find some light, even in darkest situations. You have the story of Helen Keller, born mute, blind, deaf, what she was able to accomplish. So you can say she's unique, yes, she's unique, but that does not mean we don't have the capacity. No one should have to be tested that way. But time and again, you find people with handicaps, with disabilities, with different deficiencies, and who does not have some? Some resign themselves, they give up, they give in, they allow that to define them, and some dig deeper and find those resources, because the soul, no soul is handicapped, no soul is disabled, no soul is limited. Soul is, as I said, divine, infinite energy, waiting to be released. So the more you study, the more you pray, the more you connect the people who believe that, and believe that within you and within themselves, the more you become aware, the more you at least have, at least entertain the possibility that it's there. And then act on it. Do things that actually are aligned with that type of thinking. Deliberately sit down and put a piece of paper and say, Today's a day. Here's what I usually would do I would retreat, I would be depressed, I'd be down, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to act. Maybe it's a leap of faith. I'm going to act on those deeper reservoirs that lie at the core of me. Now, you may not feel it at the moment. It may take time. But you're going to act that way. You're going to act with that complete, complete conviction that you have such energy. And that when you release it, it can tri- change lives. It can change the world. And yes, it can change the future. And even overcome the past. So when you say it in a very childish way, can you start? Can you start your life over? It sounds like you know. It sounds like, as I said earlier, fantasy. Can I start my life over? You know, my life is my life. This, the arrow of time faces one direction. So yes, on a very, very childish level, it doesn't sound possible. But when you apply what I've said, the idea that within us lies this tremendous energy. So why should you not be able to start life over? Does that mean that you forget everything that happened? Does that mean that everything that happened did not shape and and define you? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It shapes and defines you, but you don't allow it to control you. It has shaped and defined you, and you have come to discover ways that you can transcend it, and you can transform it, and you can control your own destiny. And it's completely doable, not just because I've said it. I've seen it. I've seen it countless times. But the, the prerequisite is... Being open to hearing that there is such power within you. Secondly, to acting on it. So here we have this month, entire month, about to begin this coming weekend. Which is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. It's a month of introspection and accountability. What does that mean? Not just accountability to to acknowledge what we did wrong and so on. That's, of course, obvious. But it's about understanding that you have the ability to not be defined by what happened. And by your accountability creates an element of regret, an element of reckoning, and perhaps asking for forgiveness and reconciling whoever, whatever happened or with, with whomever, whether it's between human beings or between you and God, and preparing for a renewed year. But if you go in without any shift, you just come in with the same baggage and with the same garments and the same clothing that you had yesterday. Obviously, you're just going to repeat it. That's the nature of the beast. Because you have bound yourself to time and time has affected you. The events in your life have affected you. Comes a month that allows you to rise up. Rise up. Rise up above these events. We're not ignoring them. We're accounting for them. We're, re- we're reckoning with them. We're intros- introspective about it all. But with the goal of rising above it all and being able to achieve new levels of renewal by accessing new parts within yourself. So, for example, I'll speak about the three pillars upon which the world stands, in the words of the Ethics of the Fathers, at the end of chapter one. On three th- pillars, the world stands. And the world here means both the macrocosmic world and the microcosm, each human being. The cognitive, the emotional, and the action-based. The words of, the, of that Mishnah is Torah, Avodah Gemilas chasadim. Torah is the cognitive, study, scholarship, understanding the bigger picture. Avodah is service, service of the heart, emo- emoting, emotional intelligence, emotional experience, connecting emotionally. And the third is Gemilas chasadim, which means literally acts of kindness, goodness and kindness. But it generally means all good deeds. So there you have cognitive, emotional action. So how do you experience renewal? So you'll say, you know what, I'll sit around, I'm ready to get some renewal from from heaven, from above. No, it doesn't work that way. Study something new in the cognitive, and you open up a channel to that part of your soul, the cognitive part of your soul, and you're channeling in new energy. Same thing with emotions. Open yourself up emotionally in a certain way. Act in an emotion. Feel in a new emotion. You may have certain feelings about certain people or or things. Try working on a a deeper emotion, a new emotion, and you will be accessing a newness coming from the core. And the same thing in action. You give charity five cents a day, give ten cents a day. You give volunteer your time, volunteer a little more time. And this could be quantitative and qualitative on all levels, both the cognitive, emotional, and the action. By doing something new, by feeling something new, by cognitively understanding or thinking something new, you are in effect opening up that energy from that new resource, new relative to where you have been till now. If you don't do that, is it just going to come your way? You know, with the grace of God, things can happen, but it won't be sustainable. It won't be integrated. It won't last. So we have a whole blueprint, a blueprint of what we do. And here, now is the time to begin. Nobody can say, I cannot begin a new class, reading a new book, joining a new uh, program, learning online, uh, finding one-on-one, studying with someone. Same thing emotionally. It may be more difficult, but emotionally to find a new emotion, a new friend, dig deeper and re- an attraction to something that's healthy, And finally, action, which may be the easiest, to simply act in new ways. Break through the routine. As he explains in Tanya chapter 15, a fascinating chapter, that if you do something that even if it's a good thing, you do it even 100 times as it was at the time of the Talmud. It's not considered service, because it's routine, it's habit. Do it 101, that one time over the 100 breaks through something. You want a breakthrough? You want renewal? You want to start your life over? Do something of that nature. Go beyond your natural, your natural threshold. And you will then in turn draw down something that's beyond the natural that you receive. It's simple advice, but many of us find it very difficult to do because we're trapped by our routines and by our habits. But try it out. Do something a little more in any of the areas, quantitative, qualitative, and in return you're going to get a new energy that you did not have till then. That's the trick of the trade. And what happens is, that renewal enters, does it transform you overnight? It may take time, but the more, the more the merrier. The more you do, the more it will do for you. The more, re- new, re- the more new energy you, you introduce into your life, the more new activities and thoughts and actions, and cognitive, emotional, and action-wise, the more energy, new energy enters into your life. Guaranteed. Try it out. Try it out and tell me if it didn't work. Now, if you can do this on a consistent level, meaning on a daily basis, and not so much, again, cramming how much time, but just on a daily basis, these shifts, these small shifts, but they're radical shifts because they're outside of your comfort zone, outside of your habit routine, takes you from beneath the sun to above the sun. And then you get energy from a new place because you've opened the door there. If you keep on doing what you've been doing, so then you get energy from what you've been doing. Sounds logical. However, if you do something different, then you get different energy. You do something new, you get new energy. You keep up with this, especially in this 60-day journey. You tell me after 60 days. After 30 days, what is done for your life. You will be transformed. It's a guarantee. Not because of a promise, not because of faith, but because simply that's the cause and effect, action-reaction of life. New actions, new thoughts, new emotions, new ideas bring new energy. Now, the key is to sustain, not just to do it once and that's it and then wait for magic to happen. I've seen this work in my own life, taking on new projects, new challenges, which was always resistance to that you could say what do i need to do something new what do i need the discomfort the unknown the challenge the investment i have to raise money get a team all the setbacks possible but on the other hand what you gain gain in return is that new effort that new initiative brings a whole new slew of opportunities you meet new people you suddenly find new deeper strengths you didn't have before so many of us, I would submit, don't want something new because we're comfortable. It's like the, the known evil is better than the unknown. But here it's evil, and here that could be tremendous unknown good is what I'm leading up to. But you say, this is my routine. I'm already stuck in my ways, and that's that. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. All true when you allow your mind and heart and actions to live under, dwell under the sun. But we're talking about rising above the sun. Arising to a place that's beyond that you've ever risen. We need, help, we need each other to help each other rise there. As I mentioned, we need the awareness, we need the study, we need to introduce new things into our lives, which in turn become the containers, the channels that manifest the new energy. So yes, indeed, you can become a new person. And it's interesting, it's not a new person like in a magical way, you suddenly change your personality, you become Cinderella. It's the same you, But with a whole new attitude. It's the same you, but with a whole new approach and perspective. That's why it doesn't erase the past, but suddenly you have this new surge of energy that allows you to transcend the past. That, my friends, is the key, especially during this time of the year. So this program brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center, myself, Simon Jacobs, I'm honored to be able to share a few words. We have a tremendous amount of resources an entire spectrum of life, including this topic at MeaningfulLife.com. Please take advantage of it and please give us your feedback. That is most important of all because this is a partnership. It's a two-way street. It's interactive. I want to engage with you and hopefully you want to engage with us and with myself. So please submit questions, comments, feedback, share with friends. Let's get the word out there. These are messages that are vital People need to hear that their lives can grow. That life is not over. And that life is not just stuck where they are. How many people say I'm stuck? It's a critical message. And we thank you for all your help, including your support. If you'd like to sponsor a program, this program or other programs, just go to sponsorship at meaningfullife.com slash sponsorship and participate in every way you see fit. Thank you so much. We're here every Wednesday. 8.30 8.30 live, but then it's archived. This program is among thousands of others that you can feel free to benefit from. And I mentioned again, 60 days, we're entering a very powerful period in time, a real journey into your psyche, into your soul, that can help you grow in innumerable ways and take tremendous leaps and reach places, discovering parts of yourself you never knew you had. So take advantage of the 60-day journey. The book, the full book, is available at MeaningfulLife.com. There's also an email that you can sign up for every day, 60 days. And last year, and this year we'll replay them, every day there's also a short little voice message, a voice note, a little uh, audio, short podcast, a one, two, three minute podcast. I don't know if that's the right word for that one, is that short. For each one of these 60 days. Thank you so much, everyone. Be blessed and stay in touch. Be well.